This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z. I'm Matt Fonslow, and I feel another ASE rant coming on. But first, let's talk about our sponsor, Napa Auto Tech Training. Are you tired of searching for trained technicians? If so, let Napa Auto Tech help you build a technician with their Build a Tech program. These three-day courses cover one of four individual topics, brakes, electrical, steering and suspension, or HVAC, through a combination of classroom lecture, hands-on, and utilizing training mock-ups. Visit NapaAutotech.com. So yeah, I kind of feel a, a bit of a rant about ASE, and I don't mean against ASE. A few things have kind of triggered this. One was my wife is a LADC, which is a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. And she's been studying for another one of her credentials. And while listening to her study, the videos she's watching, reading some of the articles, it's remarkable how much translates directly. And I suspect it all has to do with, I don't know if the governing body is quite the right word, but kind of who sets out the criteria for what makes for a good exam, word exam, question exam. And I suspect that is. ACT, but they're using many of the same terms used in the ASE exams, like the STEM, which is the question, the key, which is the correct answer, and then the distractors, which are incorrect answers. And really, maybe the biggest difference I saw was a lot of what is involved with their questions is very procedural. And ASE typically kind of shies a little away from procedural unless it's fairly obvious what that may be in, in like a sequence of a repair or something of that nature. Otherwise, we don't have the regulations other professions have, if you will, or other industries. So if you, we pick on like the aircraft repair type stuff and service, things are very procedural. You follow the book exactly the way it's illustrated. You do not deviate and you document. For us, oftentimes you will see people say there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to do certain services. And I'm not really debating that. I think that's perfectly reasonable. But when it comes to like the question writing, we have to then avoid procedural type questions. But everything else, it is almost exactly the same. They don't have counselor A versus counselor B questions. They do have all of these are correct except questions. ASE typically kind of avoids those, but the very strong reliance on direct questions, which dominate most ASE exams. And really, I mean, just to level with you, I was taking all the practice exams with her, my wife. And honestly, I think I got a couple wrong. I've never studied any of that stuff. For me, it, it was mostly common sense. The procedural stuff I had to really think about and a lot of them I did guess on, and I guess I got lucky. But the reason that drums up a rant is, one, ASC exams get frowned upon, and yet they're kind of, that style of questioning is a standard in many other professions. Yet somehow ASC comes up short for us. First one to tell you, it's not perfect by any means. 
what would be more perfect is very expensive and very involved. The other thing is that I often hear people, or not just hear, but you read it online all the time, that my wife could take the ASE. She'd be an ASE certified technician. She's never worked on a car in her life. Or my husband, who's never touched a car in his life, is very mechanically inept. He could take those exams and pass them. Maybe they are the minimum standard. Does this person have a minimum amount of either knowledge or intelligence or whatever to earn the credential and be a certified auto technician? They just might, because I'm pretty sure I could pass some of these other exams. The big difference is in our world, ASE is voluntary. Very few shops, I think now, especially with the talent gap, that they're even less likely to demand it, require it. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I really feel like shops and shop owners really should be, managers should really be rallying around ASE as something. Because, again, back to the little bit of the differences is most of these other professions and specific example, my wife, she has to have that. She has to be certified or she cannot practice. Can't practice it, you're out. Done. You're not doing it. Or you have to be under somebody else and now you're severely limited on what you can do, how much you can earn. We do not have that. And I think if everyone would just be very honest with themselves and look around, if we had something like that, it would be very good for those that could pass credential. Where I'm going with that is, I mean, I think I jumped around a little bit, is that if we were to all of a sudden, to use a term from a good friend of mine, Bob Hypes, give the ASE exams or some sort of licensure to practice auto repair some teeth, that we would probably break the industry. We would probably have a massive revolt from the motoring public because the amount of techs that is already limited would be even more severely limited to a disabling degree. And I think that's just being honest. That's the way it is. And it's not even condescending. It's just the way it is. We'd cripple the industry. So with that logic, I feel like biggest the biggest opponent or detractor of auto mechanic licensure would probably really be shop owners and managers because who are they going to hire? And those that they can keep or get their hands on that are certified, that are licensed, the cost to maintain those people, to hire them on and keep them on would skyrocket. I think we're seeing compensation packages increase drastically over the last, oh man, I don't know, five, seven years. And I think it's going to continue to do so, especially as we have and you know what? It isn't even our best and brightest. Just a lot of our capable techs recruited away, sniped away, honestly driven away. We're pretty good at that. Driving away, driving talent right out into other professions. So yeah, I feel like shop owners and managers really should be pressing for the voluntary ASE credentials and marketing those. Because I think if we just stay on the route of nothing, eventually we might see enough pressure from other outside entities. More and more, the motoring public feels like we might be taking advantage of them because of multiple outlets, not trashing YouTube itself, but some people on YouTube or the entities like RMD Fixed that are basically trying to push their product on the foundation or premise of maybe a better word of your local small town auto shop is screwing you. Because they're plugging in their scanner and they're getting told what's wrong with the car or it's easily determined what is wrong with the car. Therefore, by this little device, that Bluetooth to your phone has access to a database and save yourself from getting just bent over 
by that repair shop that, oh, you know, by the way, really needs you to be trusting and a return visitor, a frequenter of the establishment to make a go of it. So it's really not a very good marketing or long-term business strategy to screw over your clientele. And yet that's what they're selling. And people are, not everybody by any means, but enough, a lot, are buying into it. It's easy to believe. Buy this little device, plug it into my DLC, Bluetooth it to my phone, and I can keep that check engine light going out. And I can try to make use of this database, toss some parts at it, get lucky. Maybe statistics and probabilities work well for them a time or two. And they feel warm and fuzzy because now they're not getting shafted. For 98 years, the Napa name has meant quality parts and service. It also reflects top quality training programs to help you build a more successful vehicle repair business. No doubt, the technician shortage is impacting everyone, but you're not facing this battle alone. Napa has the solution by making Napa AutoTech training available near you. Napa AutoTech provides automotive aftermarket technicians career development opportunities through structured, disciplined, measured, and high-quality technical instruction, no matter the technician or service advisor skill level. This instruction enhances understanding of vehicle systems, increases first-time repair capability, and overall customer satisfaction. It also prepares technicians to become ASE certified. It's a fact technicians who receive training to improve their knowledge and skills have a higher sense of job satisfaction. This reduces technician turnover and increases productivity, directly improving a shop's profitability. It is vital to the success of a shop's business that today's technicians are equipped to diagnose and repair today's complex vehicles. With our ever-changing technology, the technician's knowledge and skills need to be updated and refreshed on a regular basis. As you labor over the decision of whether to send your techs to get their skills sharpened, keep in mind, Napa Autotech training is an investment, not an expense, and it's available to all. Much of Napa Autotech's training is offered in more than one format to accommodate varieties of learning styles and training preferences so each person can maximize their learning. Whether you're more of a hands-on person or enjoy learning at your own pace, Napa Autotech is here to provide you with the training you need in the format that works best for you. To learn more about what Napa Autotech offers, contact NapaAutotech.com. I guess I just feel strongly that some of the pressure needs to come from management. And then, of course, there needs to be a little bit of reward for it. I mean, not just the credential itself, but just being a capable tech. And I think it's getting there. It's already on the way. So much better than it used to be. So much better. The other thing, it's upsetting to me to read in here at various trade shows, if you will, expos, and then, of course, online social media groups. Over and over, people asking for the best resource for study guides for the ASC exams. And I just, I'm sorry, I can't get behind it. I think that's terrible advice to go get a study guide. I also feel like it's terrible that whoever is funding the exam or the fees to take the exam and hopefully paying the employee to go and take the exam, that there's a lot of pressure to pass the first time. It's mind-boggling to me. It's absolutely mind-boggling to me. One of the great things about the exams are they are kind of divided up into areas, if you will, not just A1 through A8 and you got brakes and you got automatic transmission. Beyond that, the actual exam itself, so you're taking the engine performance exam, it in itself is divided up into different areas 
of expertise or knowledge. And when you take the exam, pass or fail, it shows you the results and it shows you where you were weak. So if you failed, you can see where I got my butt kicked on all the electrical problems. That explains why I struggled through A6, which is the electrical exam. Now I'm taking the energy performance. And once again, electricity, electrical questions are really beating me up. And I barely passed A6, but A8 being weak on electrical hurt me. Now you can go and study with some focus. You can find these weak spots and study up on those rather than you go and get the study guides and you're paging through and you're just taking all this information, if you want to call it that. I don't even know if it really qualifies as that. But you're just taking in a lot. And you might already be really strong in, if there's six areas, you're really strong in five of them. And it's the that sixth one that is going to beat you up. But you needed to know that. And so I just feel like there should be less pressure to pass that first time, especially the first time. Get that information. Find out where you're weak. Now study with some just specificity. So just being very focused on different areas or the areas of weakness. And now the information to get that is all over the place. You can find so much information and training available for some of it's free, some of it's relatively low cost. Some of you can work with your parts stores like Napa Online training. I mean, now you can study the areas that you need it go back and take the exam and you're probably going to pass the flying colors. And you didn't have to study the whole thing. Not saying the whole thing is always so bad, but you might already know more than you think you do. So yeah, that's really kind of my rant about ASE is like to talk smack about things that could be there to help us if we took advantage of it. And I get it. We hear about ASE doesn't really market to the motoring public. I just don't find that to be their place. You know, I know quite a few years ago they sponsored, I think, car and NASCAR. I think that was a horrible idea. They should have never opened up Pandora's box like that. They are a test developer. They do it extremely well. Your credentials are defensible in court. Yes, they're the minimum standard, but I think pretty much every test you take anywhere is that's the minimum standard, right? You know, the doctor who got a D, what do they call him? Doctor. So as long as you can pass... The exams, you're good. ASE, don't want to imply that you're past the exam and now you're a fully competent tech. There's many who pass those exams without getting a single question wrong, and they know that it's a lifetime of learning, or at least a career of learning. You're never going to know enough. Constant battle, constant dedication. So the idea of, boy, oh boy, I got my patch. Now you're talking to somebody that knows their stuff. You may want to check that a little bit but also do not want to take away from passing that exam because you have accomplished something that deserves the recognition and should feel good about. Not everybody can do it low, not really low, but depending on the exam, right? It gets a little nuanced there depending on which one we're talking about pass rates, but just know that you should feel good about it, but don't let your head swell up too much. And I also... Hope that listening to this really motivates you to step back and look, relook at ASC, the credentials, certification, the fact that it's voluntary might make it even more meaningful than being forced. Granted, there's no teeth to it. Nobody can come in and say you can't do what you're doing because you are not ASC certified. We might want to be happy about that, that we're not that heavily regulated, but then we have to do ourselves 
a favor and do ourselves justice by demanding competency from ourselves and from each other and you know from a managerial standpoint of our employees. So yes, continued training, get ASE certified, make it worth everyone's while to do so. It's really what would be the negative of that? I guess I'm struggling to figure out what's the downside of that. So yeah, that is my rant for tonight. I really appreciate everyone listening. I really appreciate all the warm thoughts and uh, inquiries about my wife, Danielle's health. I would say she is much better, not 100% by any means, but she has not been using oxygen at all. She's on uh, different kind of medications for an inhaler that seems to have helped immensely. Also strewn about the house are multiple air purifiers, and that also seems to have helped immensely, especially with the air quality stuff from my buddy Jeff up north. Thanks, man. And uh, yeah, so I think things are looking up. Hope she continues getting better. Stairs aren't quite her nemesis as much as they were in the not too distant past. Extended walks or extended strenuous activity like walking up a hill is enough to maybe kick her tail for a while, but she does recover within a relatively short time frame, just say like an hour. So that is the Danielle update and the ASA rant. And yeah, thank you to the Aftermarket Radio Network, even Tracy. And thank you to Napa Auto Tech Training for sponsoring. If you have any ideas or questions or thoughts, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can email me at mattfonslopodcast at gmail.com. Pretty easy to find on social media to fire over a message. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, please give the videos a like and maybe a, a follow. I'd really appreciate that. And until next time, take care. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com.